0: Welcome to CarePod, a safe place to educate, inspire, and renew the caregiver. Listen in with our host, Dr. Kibley Bell, as she interviews different experts along the caregiving journey. So this is an exciting day. I'm here with Dr. Evelyn Cannon-Dingle, who is a thought leader a game-changer in medicine for over 40 years, you know, really a transformational individual in the space of getting right in with the community and saying, hey, we have to get our health right, our mind right. It's time for us to get our collective cells in order so that we can live and thrive. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I'm just so happy to have you. Welcome to the Care Pod tonight. Welcome. Yes. Thank, Thank you, you for having me. Yes. So we're kicking off the new year, Dr. Dinkel. Mm-hmm. It's a good time to kind of reset our souls. Mm-hmm. Think about reflect what's working, what's not working. And so I'm just happy to have you kick off our 2024 episodes. And uh, I want you to tell the CarePod audience about your journey in medicine, you know, where you've been, where you hope to go, et cetera.
1: Yeah. Okay. Hi. Well, I started, I knew I wanted to be a nurse from th- when I was in second grade. Wow. Um, I just, my mother was a nurse. And I used to watch her um get her little white uniform on back then. They'd wore the uniforms, the hats, everything. But I knew that I wanted to be a nurse from second grade. And to me, to this day, it's not about a job, it's about a calling. I believe that this is what God was calling me to do all along. And I never deviated from that. Um, I started at in spirit, well, it's in spirit now, but Newcomb Hospital back in the day. That's that was the original name. And I started out as a secretary. I went to school first and I said, Oh, I know I want to be a nurse, but I went like to be a medical secretary. And I'm like, why am I doing this? So while I'm doing this, I went back to school to become a nurse. So I got my RN and started working in post ICU. And then I went back, uh, in 08 and got my master's in nursing. And then, uh, last year, 20, um, well, oh, it's been like, yeah, 2022, I graduated my doctorate in nursing. So Amazing. and my, uh, and, and so it's been a long journey. So I've been with the health system that I'm currently with for 41 years, almost 41, wow. 41 years in March. And I, I love it. I enjoy it. Um, nursing is everything. Nursing is everything. It's so important to me because it's a life-changing field. And you can change an individual's life just by saying a word, just by educating, just by encouraging them. It makes such a difference. I'm currently uh, in the surgical services department. So I see patients every day of all ages. We do children for surgery all the way up to adults. And it's it's amazing the difference you can make. And not only do I do this at the hospital, but I do it at my church. And that's like a big part of what I do is my church ministry, temple fit. That's where that came from. To my LLC, I, temple fit, a designer original. And,
0: I love that. So your yeah. body as your temple. Yes. And getting that temple fit and in order. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So yeah. there's something you said that Boy, it's so wonderful to speak with like-minded individuals. And you, there's something that you said that was so poignant right off the jump, which was, this isn't a job. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what I'm called to do. Yes. And how do you teach that? You know, because as mm-hmm. we know, right, we're working side by side with some mm-hmm. colleagues who might have entered the industry to make a dollar. But mm-hmm. they don't have the heart for people, exactly. so how do how do you how do you teach that? How do you illustrate that for those that are coming behind you at this stage?
1: Well, I think it the biggest thing that you see me do is how I'm with my patients. i or if there's a patient that has an issue, it might not be my patient, but say, if there's a patient that has like a high blood pressure issue. and um I have no problem going to their patient and talking to them educating them and they're like you always spend time educating people and talking with them and I'm like yes because I have a care and a concern for them not only in this particular setting but when they leave here Mm. about what's going to happen when they walk out of the store here we're done with them for today but their health care is still um, lacking because they don't take their meds because they don't follow they don't follow it with their doctors. So I take that time the best that I can to um to educate them. So I've had nurses come and get me to pray with patients because I don't have a problem with praying with my patients either. That's like a big focus. I've had people, patients' families come and ask me, um I see the lanyard that you wear, my lanyard says I love Jesus and they're like, "Oh, we love Jesus too. Do you mind praying? Do you mind praying?" And this is people of all colors, all races And because I'm a firm believer in the power of prayer, as well as, yes, the doctor's doing the surgery, but I know that the ultimate doctor for me is God. And I know that he's the one that's ultimately going to perform the surgery. He's going to guide the doctor's hands. So I have no problem. I had one of my colleagues the other week, she's like, "Um, can you come pray for this lady? She's like really upset and she's hurting and she had lost her mother recently and now she was having surgery. No problem. I go and I do what I have to do. So I let them know that to me, this they know already. I've worked with most of the nurses I work with. I've worked for years now, and they know that this is more than just. They know it's not a job for me. They know it's a calling. I've prayed for them. I've prayed for my colleagues and their mm. loved ones and their family members, so mm-hmm. that they they know that it's um, a calling for me. They Definitely. And
0: how do, how do you think your environment or your colleagues have been transformed as a result?
1: As a result, they, like I said, they, they are, they, they have, like I said, they have no problem asking me to pray. And then they have no problem. Now I even had the one doctor that I, that I was in the office with. He's, he's telling his patients now, yep. He said, you know, he said, you better pray. You better talk to God. He said, God is with you he said you know, God has this. And I love it when I hear him say that. And he's like, I'm the surgeon, but you know, he said, you have you have a faith or a belief in God and and it's nice when other workers come on the unit or come up and they have a faith also and then mm-hmm. they see you talking about faith and about God and they'll come to me later and they go oh you know I'm a believer or have this faith too and everything but I, I don't always say it and they said but you have no problem expressing that and so it, it's it's really encouraging to me because I know it's not about me I know it's all about God and he's just using me even to help them help other coworkers open up and not be afraid to tell somebody it's going to be okay. Cause God, God's got you. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. yeah. absolutely.
0: Yeah. So tell me more about temple fit. Tell me about it, how it came to be Yes. that journey.
1: Temple fit. Well, when I was working on my doctoral degree, I decided that I wanted to do something in my church. Um, I got a little pushback at first because they were like, um, you have to have a doctor. They have to oversee your program. And I said, I have that. And they said, at your church? And I'm like, yeah. And I said, we have a full wellness ministry. I've been over the wellness ministry for years now in our church. I said, we have a nurse's unit. I said, we take blood pressures. We do vitals. I said, we have a whole unit with um, the reclines. We have walkers. We have crutches. We have canes. We have everything. I said, we have a full unit, file cabinet with members. Information, their profiles, the ones that have diabetes, sicknesses, illnesses. I said we take blood sugars, we do blood pressures, we do weights. Um, we've had um, weight ch- weight loss challenges throughout the years, and just different things. And they're like, for real? I said, yeah, we do. And I said we have AEDs. I said that was one thing we made sure we have. We have AEDs at our church. We have a gym facility called the Arm Center. Um, le- reaching your hand down to help somebody up. It's called the Arm Center, and we have AEDs at our gym. Right right across the street from our church. And they're like, You have a full, I say, yes, we have a full union. I said we have, I have a doctor, um, Dr. King. And I said, We have other nurses at our church. And we we're on duty on Sundays and at events we take duty um to be there in case something happens. And um so I was like, I really want to do this project at my church today. So what are you looking at doing? I said, I wanna look at weight loss and um do a full project on that. And they were like, Okay. So Dr. King got on board with me. She was my overseer. I got a nutritionist. I got an exercise person. Um, I trained my personal trainer. Um, And uh, the SNAP program provided me with a um, a nutritionist, a dietitian who came on board with me. And we did a five, six week program for my project. And I had 15 participants from my church that volunteered men and women to be a part of this. And each individual lost either weight, inches, um, or both. And they continue to this day. Some of them still working out, monitoring their diet. Uh, so that's how that is so my project. So then I turned to my church. So I said, this is the name. I wouldn't name it Temple Fit because our bodies are temples of, of God. And so we need to take care of these bodies. We, if you're, we're blessed to have the body that God has given us. So we need to take care of it. So I said, Temple Fit. So then I said, I wanted to add something else to it. So I came with a designer original because no matter how um, each of us are individual, we're an original um, work from God. Uh, I have a twin sister identical. As a matter of fact, she's a doctor too. And, but even though we may look alike, we're still designer originals. So that's how it came about Temple Fit, a designer original. And that's my LLC. And that's, um, that's the program that I. I,
0: I love it. Yeah, it's an amazing you. model, really, to 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 model after. It's a model to to establish it at mm-hmm. multiple facilities, uh, businesses, churches, organizations, the like, uh, for people to subscribe. So you developed milestones for people to lose weight. Mm-hmm and you know challenges etc yes. and then monitored their health milestones yes, their health the meetings time. thereafter mm-hmm. love it i love that i mm-hmm. love that yeah. so you mentioned that your mom was a nurse yes and that's kind of what guided your early career path what did you take from her and carry on or do you continue to carry on and what do you, what have you created in your own right would you say okay for others to follow
1: My mom was a nurse, an amazing nurse, her empathy. She, my mother, first of all, never met a stranger. And I think that's how I am. It's like, I take people at face value and don't meet a stranger, talk to anybody. (laughs) Um, And that's something my mom instilled in us. My mom was one of the first African-American nurses at the hospital here. Wow. She was one of the first ones. There was like three or four of them. Her arm is still... Miss Brown, different ones, were um, some of the first African-American nurses at at Newcomb Hospital. Wow. And no matter what, and even at that time, it was um, still, like, different between the races still, so even at the hospital, because sometimes she would share different stories of even things that were said um, that were not always nice because she was an African-American nurse, but my mom instilled in us the belief and she brought us up in the church so people would say things and she said she would just she wouldn't comment because she didn't comment to ignorance you know so she let she just they said what they said she was a nurse she was there to take care of the patients and that's what she did and not only did my mom um instill us like how she worked at the hospital but my mom also helped out in the community as well. And she was honored before for her service in the community. And I think that's one thing that really stuck with me as well, because not only did she work, but she helped other people. And she taught us how to um, reach out and help others. And it's not always about monetary. It's about just giving from your heart and doing from your heart to help and to bless others and to go from there. So that's why I think the biggest takeaway I got from her is to help others. So that's why it's so important for me to not only um, be a blessing at my job, but at my church, in my community. People call me all the time asking me, can you do this? Or can you give us advice on this? Or do you know a doctor or do, um, or can you come over? I've done dressing changes at people's houses. I've done,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, I've taken people for appointments and um, for when they were going through treatments and different things. So not only is it about the hospital, it's just about, like I said before, the calling. So
0: Absolutely. it's more than
1: those four walls. It goes outside of that. And I think that's my greatest joy is being able to help others. And my 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 goal is so much to educate people, to educate. There's so many things out there that people just don't know about, from medications to health insurances, to, to programs that are out there that they can get to help them. And that's like my biggest goal, and that's the biggest thing I want to do, whether it's at churches, whether it's in corporate America, I would like to just educate people so that they can have better health and better lives and live longer and, and to be able to function better and no signs and symptoms of if something's wrong and not to delay it or, or, to, or to, and to go to a doctor. And if you don't know a doctor, just ask. There's, We can tell you, I can tell you. I can do the research for you. And I tell people all the time if I don't know,
0: I can find out the you answer. You can find it. That's it. The resourcefulness, is absolutely. Used. Impactful caregiving begins with you. Become an educated and empowered caregiver to best serve the one you love. Impactful caregiving offers online geriatric certification personally curated items for the older adult person in our caregiver shop, Jerry telehealth options, and of course your personal dose of inspiration here on the care pod. Go to impactfulcaregiving.com. Absolutely. Yes, so you, you know, in your bio, you spoke about, you know, health access and equity and, you know, I said, wow, she's a perfect guest to walk this through, right? Because mm-hmm. we hear about the disparities in healthcare. Mm-hmm. We hear about lack of access, lack of education. Uh, we know in our own communities sometimes mm-hmm. the mistrust or the complacency or the stagnancy of wanting to take care of your temple, if you will. And, I share that weight with you as a Mm -hmm. colleague to say, I I want to be able to care for all people, but especially those people of color who look upon me to be renewed, to say, Mm -hmm. you know, I can trust her. She is sincere Mm -hmm. about helping me and affecting change in my health. Mm -hmm. So how, how do we do that? In this mm-hmm. climate where, you know, everyone wants to point out differences, right? Mm-hmm. How do we narrow the gap in equity in in healthcare?
1: Well, like I said before, it's about education and taking any opportunity we get to speak to someone. Um, I know people that don't do that in, in their healthcare and they have the opportunity, but every opportunity I get, I'm gonna share. Every time somebody invites me to go somewhere or to come somewhere or to teach on something, I'm like taking that opportunity. I'm like, yes, I'll be there, I gotta do that. And like I said, it all starts like even with my patients. Um, I hear so many times, you know, oh, I didn't, you know, take blood pressure or I get a patient, I had young people the other week and one young person, he's like 11 and his blood pressure's like 170s, over 90s he's 11 wow. years old wow I'm like no and his mom was like well we high blood pressure runs in our family no no mm-hmm, no no mm-hmm, I said mm-hmm. it start at 11 I said if he stays like that he's going to continue to damage his body his life his life won't be a you know it, he can't so I wrote down all his blood pressures that he had while he was there for the day and I said you need to call your his pediatrician so she got on the phone right there and I just waited for her and she called the pediatrician right then and made an appointment and said, um, she's telling me that I need to call you because this blood pressure is out of control. And it was. Later on that afternoon, I had a 17-year-old young man, minority young man, same thing, high blood pressure, 17. Wow. I said, You're 17. Why is your blood pressure so high? I don't know, miss. I said, Well, you need to find out same thing, print out, talk to his mom and then he needs to see somebody about this because, okay, my, it, you know, and then the same thing, they all tell me, well, there's a family history. I said, well, if that's all the more reason to be diligent about staying on top of this, making sure that his pressure does not get any higher. Or I get the, the men that tell me, oh, I don't um, take my blood pressure medicine. And the craziest thing is, a lot of our men will say, I don't take it because I can't perform sexually. And so I tell them there are so many blood pressure medications on the market. If one is not right, ask your doctor to switch you to something else. And I have to tell them. And I was at, a, I taught a conference um, back in October and the men in there and they were laughing. And I said, I hear this all the time. I said, but you need to know if you stroke out, what kind of sexual function is that going to be?
0: You're right, right, I you're said, right. you don't
1: have any yeah. sexual function. You're right. You know, or if you're, you know, kidney failure, heart attack, all these things, That what? how is that going to help your function? I said, you need to be more proactive with your medications and you need to talk to your doctor about it and say, is there something else I could try? Can I switch medications? I said, there's so many, so many on the market. I said, you just can't not take it. Because I find out a lot of them just don't take it. I had a patient last week, he said, I just don't take it. And I said, "Why?" He said, well, sometimes I don't like the way way it makes me feel or or I just forget. I said, you cannot afford to forget. You cannot afford to forget. And so that's why I'm saying education is key. And it's like nobody's teaching them that even when they go for their appointments and they get this medication, nobody really teaches. Oh, you have high blood pressure, I'm going to put you on medication. Well, these could be the side effects. This could happen if this happens, and we we might need to make a change in your medication.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We don't. They're not getting that. They're not getting that piece of the education mm-hmm. that you know this is not the end all, the beat all. You know, and then they're not getting the part about the diet, sodium, cut out the salts, all the fats, all the sugars. You can eat the same foods, but you can cook them a different way.
0: Right. Or what doesn't look like sugar that breaks down the sugar, yes. right? Yes. The breads, the pastas, the, breads, pastas, the potatoes, oh, yeah. potatoes. Right, 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 oh, right, right.
1: And they're not yeah. getting that part of the education. Mm-hmm. And like I said, even when they go into their appointments, a lot of times I feel like if they would just recommend maybe them going to see a nutritionist or a dietitian to help them better understand eating. And that's why the young lady I had um, that worked with me on my doctor, she went through labels. She taught them how to read labels. She said, we can go into the supermarket and I can show you. I'm um, staying on the perimeters instead of staying in certain areas of the market, how they have it set up where you see things or just that education piece. And the whole thing, when I hear people say, well, I, can't, I don't have time to cook. So they stop at McDonald's. They're feeding their kids McDonald's and stuff all the time. You do have Guilty. time to cook. Yeah, guilty you have time yeah. to cook because mm-hmm. the time they get you get your child home they get your homework going you can cook while they're doing that you know what i mean and i'm like they can wait they're not going to starve right I mean, they'll be okay and that's what i yeah. tell them like yeah. those children will be okay trust right. me like, players, games, right like we're making bad choices for our convenience you
0: know
1: maybe all right yeah, yeah. you know yeah. so you don't have to stop at mcdonald's take a moment Cook, I mean, you might have to prep the night before. Yeah. Sometimes we have to take responsibility. We have to learn, okay, I know I have a busy schedule tomorrow. I need to prep the food tonight. That way I can just put it in the oven and, and cook tomorrow. Or I might have to cook tonight and then I can heat it up. We yes. have to take every opportunity in order to be healthy.
0: You yes. Know? Noted and- Dr. Dingle. Noted, <laughs> noted, noted. Yeah. You're absolutely right. You like you, you make bad choices out of convenience sometimes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Noted. Noted. Yeah. Yeah. I had a
1: um, doctor tell me I was I was with uh, one of my patients one the per, one of the people that I take care of, and we were up at Pearlman. I am we seeing a cardiologist up there, and she stated to me, she said, um, "I never knew how many healthcare disparities or about healthcare disparities until the pandemic hit." She said, "For wow. my babies," and she's a doctor, and she's so sweet. And I'll never forget Dr. RuPaul Quinn. She said, I never realized the amount of disparities. Wow. Yeah. And she said it. And I was like, Yeah. Wow. I said, there are a lot. And she said, for minorities. She said, you know, because of the fact that, of course, you know, we lost quite a few people during the pandemic. And, you know, and a lot of it, you know, our people weren't able to function, some of them. A lot of people were um had respiratory issues that they've never dealt with. A lot of people were obese, and then they got the disease and, you know, couldn't fight it, and just different areas, but we lost a lot more people than any other race.
0: Yes, you know, it's, it really speaks to, you know, the earlier point about what our responsibility is in that, because I say wow in that, That is shocking to me that as a clinician, there's a lack of recognition that the disparities have existed way way longer than COVID, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but how COVID kind of brought that all into being and how we teach minorities to to advocate for themselves Mm -hmm. in the healthcare space to say, I believe I should have this health maintenance milestone or this test at this stage in age or mm-hmm. i think my blood pressure is falling outside of these parameters or whatever the case may be but it but it's going to take a village too it's going to take oh, our our non you know our our colleagues that are not of color to to still partner with us t- you know to raise the tide yes you know so definitely. very yes. very interesting definitely. so what is your vision going forward what do you hope to still do what energizes you still 40 years later in medicine? That's
1: funny you say that because we had to do, um, we did some evaluation things today and that was one of the things. And it's, I said, what still motivates me the most is when I can talk to someone or educate them right there at the bedside, whether it's about diabetes, whether it's about hypertension, heart disease. Um, and, and they look at me and they thank me because nobody's ever really taking that time to really explain things at a level where it's like that they can understand and that they it really makes sense to them so the whole education piece makes my whole day anytime I can educate anybody on anything and that will make a difference in their life it just makes that is my takeaway I'm like yeah okay this is good or if I if they say okay you know what I'm going to do this. Or if I see like lead, she called the pediatrician right there in front of me. She said, I got to bring my son in. And I'm like, this is what I'm talking about. This is what makes me. This is what yeah. charges me. Yeah. This is what charges me. And like I said, I can be in one room and I can hear a colleague in another room and um, they're talking to a patient and I'm like, okay, that patient has some issues. And I can hear him say, oh, well, I didn't take this medicine. or I didn't take that. or I don't test my blood sugar. And it's just an opportunity for me to go. When I finish with my patient, I'm like, okay. And I'm like, I'm good. And they, they, like I said, I thank God for the women that I work with. Cause they have no problem coming to get me. They have no problem asking me to talk to someone. So it's like, oh, and I go, I'll go in there and I'm like, oh, I understand that you're not taking your medicine or you're not doing this. And I'm like, what, what, what's why, why not? And then um then they start talking to me and I have an opportunity to talk to them and educate them. And like I said, they're just a lot of them are like so taken back, they're like, wow, I never knew that, or nobody's ever taken the time to explain. So anytime that I can, even if I make make, if I don't make a difference, or even if they don't say anything and they just sit there and listen, it just lets it I'm able to at least pour into them.
0: Absolutely. Then
1: see, then they at least know. At, that there's something that they need to do, so that yes. that's what charges me every day. I'm like I yeah, love that I, yeah, I got this one out I'm, <laughs> I'm on this. <laughs> I'm on this
0: I'm
1: on I this. I'm on this if that. I I'm serious, that is just like the thing that's my thing. I'm like asking God to open up doors that I can just get out there and put temple fit out there and just you know help people to know this you get one body. we get one body if we're blessed. one temple that we really need to take time and thank God for and do the best that we can. Yes, things happen. Yes, there are some things that we get because of heredity. And uh, there's some things you can't help, but you can manage it
0: mm-hmm. and try
1: to make mm-hmm. it better. You know yeah. what I mean? like I yeah. hear this all the time. Oh, well, it's because of my family and because of the genes. Yes, I understand that. However, what are you doing to make it work for you? What are you doing to make it better? So your blood pressure is not sky high or you're not ending up at 30 years old, young man, 30, actually he's 29. And his wife just had their first baby. He just got a official put in. And then I get, the, they're getting dialysis. You're 29 years old and you're going on dialysis.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and
1: it's sad. Yeah, absolutely. And I was talking to him and I could just see he just kept shaking his head. He's like, I can't believe this. But when I talk with his mom, she said he had high blood pressure, and he wasn't really taking his medicine like he should have. And I and she was so upset, and because she worked in the healthcare field, his mom, and she was like so sad. She said, "I tried, but he just didn't want to, you know." And I said I understand, but I told myself, you know what?" I said, "There's hope. There's still hope." I said, "You're young, you're healthy. Otherwise, you know." I said, "You got to reclaim your health. Reclaim your yeah. life. Don't yeah. let this destroy you. Reclaim." Yourself, your life, if not for you, for that cute little baby that you just had.
0: That's it. You know, that's it. Like, if not for us, the choices we make for those. And that's it. That's such an important point, not only personally, but professionally, you Mm -hmm. know, the choices that we make, uh, in, in our conduct, in our interpersonal, uh, communication, in the way that we allowed faith to guide us as we care for others, for ourselves, for our patients. Mm-hmm. You know, all of those are transferable skills, right? Between mm-hmm. your personal life and professional life. Yes. Uh, so tell us, do you have remote offerings? How can someone sit with you if they want coaching for Temple Fit? Tell us about that. Okay.
1: Well, I have, a, I have my email. And um, uh, like I said, uh, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Uh, they can reach out to me any way that they can. Um, and and then we can sit and we can talk and we can get together and decide like what it exactly is that they're looking for, what exactly it is that they need. Um, I do have pro- meal plan, plan programs and um, different things, but, and I also like to just sit and talk to them because where's your mindset before you start anything? What What's your thinking process? Because yeah. your mind has to be right in order to do any program mm-hmm. or any process. Because if your thinking is not right, you can start something, but you won't follow through with it. Right. Because you have to know, Do I re- is this what I really want to do? Um, what am I thinking? Is it mindfulness or, 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 or mindlessness? Like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't want to do it. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll try it. But not really have the mind to really want mm-hmm. to make a change. You have to want to make a change. You have to want to do it. So, yeah, so it's it's time for people to start thinking more about themselves. Sometimes we have to be a little selfish. And I tell people, sometimes you have to be selfish, and it's called self-care. Because you pour out into everybody else. But what are you pouring back into yourself? You're exhausted. Yeah. You're, drained, you're eating poorly. You're not taking care of yourself. But if something happens to you, who's going to take care of your children? Who's going to take care of your family? So sometimes Absolutely. you have to be selfish. Step back. And say it's my time. I got to get my temple together, get my life together, so I can be the best me that I can be. So you can be the best mom, you can be the best aunt, the best worker at your job. People are constantly calling out because they're sick, they're not healthy. So what's going to happen that way? You know, you have to right. be able to, to um to do that.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so, so all know. right. So, give me your specific email and you know your Instagram handle so that oh, yes. our CarePod audience can connect with you.
1: Okay, my um, Instagram is Dr. Evelyn Cannon, and that's um, Dr. E small D Dr. Evelyn Cannon Dingle. That's my Instagram, and my email is um, EC. And I use my favorite scripture, which is Jeremiah 2911. That's my favorite verse. That's my life verse. And it speaks and says, For I know the plans I have for you, said the Lord, plans for good and not for evil, to give you a future and hope. Yes. So that's what I want everybody to know. God has an awesome plan for you, a future and a hope. So that's been my scripture and my favorite verse for life. So that's my email, ecjeremiah2911 at gmail.com. And um, then, like I said, on Facebook, I'm Dr. Evelyn cannon Dingle. So they can reach me any way they can. And I'll be there to assist them and to help them, whether it's individual, whether it's group, whether it's a corporation, whether it's a church. I'm the one. Yeah, Yeah,
0: absolutely. 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 I encourage organizations to implement. I mean, that's a beautiful model. Yes. To implement right in their own within their own corporate spaces to say, yeah. "Hey, we have a group of stressed out stockbrokers. Their pressures yes. are off the chain. Their cholesterol's too high." Dr. Dingle, come on and tighten them up for us. Yes. You know? Yes. I'm, so, also yeah.
1: I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm also on LinkedIn as well. They can find me on there.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh,
1: yes. The same. Dr. Evelyn Cannon Dingle. They can find okay. me on there as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm so happy to have spent some time with you. You're kicking us off for the new year. Yes, and uh, just a reminder that I'm going to take that point myself that uh, not to make bad choices for convenience, right? Yes.
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because it'll cost you more in the long run the than long most people run. are willing to pay.
0: In the long run. So true. So true. Well, thank you so much for for being with us today. Dr. Kimberly,
1: thank you for having me. I'm so blessed to be on your In your space, I thank you for doing this. I really, really appreciate it.
0: Oh, of course. I respect you. I respect your work. And may God bless the work of your hands. May may God bless the work of both of our hands through the patients that we touch. Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, hey, it's all good, right? It's all good. Yes, it is. (laughs) Great information right from the source. For more information on how to caregive like a boss, check out ImpactfulCaregiving.com. Want to be a guest on the show? Contact us at carepod at impactfulcaregiving.com.